You are listening to LMC Cast, a production of LMC Media. The COVID-19 pandemic tested not only our resiliency in the face of frightening and stressful circumstances, but also our adaptability. As parents struggled to adjust and reconsider work arrangements, their children had to adapt to remote learning and the home environment. As we finally return to normalcy, we need to give ourselves the chance to reflect upon the past year and see what kind of lessons we have learned as a result of this experience. Joining me are two parents of young children and a professional working at a school who kindly gave their time to talk to us about their and their kids' experience during the pandemic. The first adjective that comes to mind is frustrating. I have to say it was very, very frustrating. This is Miss Glass Dibble. She is a mother of eight-year-old twins living in a two-bedroom apartment with a three-months-old puppy. Her husband worked at home while her kids studied online. She recounts her experience during this time. My life and my day consisted of walking from room to room and a barking puppy in between and one who constantly had to be taken out. Even though they had enough space in their apartment to accommodate her and her family, there were still a lot of challenges they had to go through. The key challenge during that time was that my kids learned very differently. And it was tough to monitor them, go from one room to the next, ensuring that they were doing what they were supposed to do. It was difficult trying to pay attention to what was happening with each one since they were in separate rooms. It was also difficult trying to listen to the teacher because they had headphones on. So I couldn't listen to what was happening on the other side. I think those were my top challenges. It's just being able to deal with everything all at once. Um, I mean, there were definitely stressful moments. It was stressful a lot of the time. Like I said, more so in the beginning. This is Miss Margarita Prestopino, a single mother with one daughter. She works as a school teacher in the city while living in Westchester. This is her account. With her, just because I, you know, not knowing what to expect and what to do. And the times that we were both home at the same time were very stressful. Um, I mean, every kid is different, but my child in particular, because I was home, she would be a little more needy and ask me questions that I know she wouldn't normally ask if she was at school. Just kind of feeling, I just kind of felt like because there was an adult in the house, she would just run and ask for help when I know she didn't need it. And then also like I might be live with my students at that time. So it was also like, luckily she was old enough where I could tell her like, this is the schedule from this time to this time. I need you to just not talk to me if something, you know, unless it's an emergency. And if there's something that you're stuck with, with your schoolwork, but I'm on with my students, just put it to the side and do the next thing. Obviously with, you know, somebody, you know, she was in third grade this year. Um, Somebody with a kindergartner or a first grader, you know, might not be able to do that because the child is more, you know, not able to be as independent as an older child. So I was fortunate in that respect. But a lot of the stress just came from, you know, we didn't, we don't live in a big house. So like I said, 
the apartment we were living in last year was even smaller than where we currently are. So we were very much on top of each other and just like getting quiet time and, and space to do everything. Or if I was recording videos for my students or she was recording an assignment for her class, it was more like a spatial time, quiet issue that, that made it very stressful. They also related how they were able to balance their work life with their children's education and what the ramifications were regarding their studies, motivation, and their own stresses. So the key word to your question was structure. My husband and I both sat down and we put an itinerary together. We looked at the children's schedule and we took that into consideration and also adopted little breaks in between calls, um, what time school ended, what we were going to do after school, because we always tried to implement some sort of walk, break, hiking, some sort of distraction from what was happening around us. It's funny, being a teacher and having a child in school, there were parts that made it so much easier and there were parts that made it so much harder. I think anybody who's a teacher who has kids, we're a lot harder on our own kids than we are on our students. We're a lot more patient with our students than we are with our own kids. Hopefully that's not just me. You know, that that played a role for sure. And just like I said, in terms of like coordinating my work time with her education, I'm lucky that she was older and we were able to like literally write out a schedule sometimes. And, you know, she could tell time and read it on the cable box. And I would say, you know, from this time to this time is when I have to be live. So I need you to be in your room. Now, did that always happen? No. And my students know, and sometimes they would even ask for her to come on. So it took a lot of like flexibility and grace. And people just had to understand that sometimes like I have to, I have to hop off my live early because I need to get her somewhere. I have to go pick up supplies. Luckily, I'm again, I'm sure not everybody was as fortunate, but a lot of it was employers needed to be understanding of situations. Schools needed to be understanding of situations. I was lucky that I, I did have that most of the time. Um, and, you know, her dad lives on Long Island. So there was a lot of planning with him too. You know, he would take her a couple extra days just to give me a break because he knew that I was teaching live from home. Um, his job allowed for a little bit more flexibility with, you know, being remote. But yeah, and it was just, you know, understanding that not everything was always going to get done by three o'clock. You know, her school was great by saying, you know, just try to get it done whenever you can. You know, it was just, like I said, a lot of flexibility, a lot of understanding, a lot of grace. Um, and, and just, you know, doing what you could. Like there were some days that we just didn't get it all done. And it took me a while to be like, that's okay. Like we're, we're just doing the best we can with circumstances that we were not at all prepared to deal with. Our next speaker is Dr. Valerie Feit, who is the Enrichment Coordinator and Counseling Co-Director for the Rynex School District. She is responsible for creating programs that develop students' talents and skills and providing opportunities for them to explore these skills and talents. As a supporting staff member for the teachers and the students, Dr. Fight offers her insights. This year with remote learning, the relationship between teachers and the students and the parents and the teachers became very close. Um, there was a real interdependency in asking students to do things remotely and uh, teaching lessons and then asking for the students to respond to those lessons and show work. So I think that the um, 
I didn't get any uh, any outreach uh, because I think that the teachers were really handling this at the classroom level. And we tried very hard to open the channels of communication so that it would be easy for everyone. And a benefit um, for many students this year was that they were forced to be more self-directed and gained enormously from realizing that they're capable of more than they thought they could do. So I would say that that was a primary gain and probably one that will uh, persist. In addition to the positive outcomes of remote learning, the less favorable outcomes observed would be a weakening of interpersonal skills due to a lack of in-person interaction with their peers and mentors. Coping skills and time management may have suffered as well because of a disruption of structure in their daily routine. The stresses of being in constant proximity with their parents and siblings and not having enough physical and mental space for themselves possibly took a negative toll as well. Overall, the fear of infection or the death of loved ones also factored into the stress that they may have been facing throughout the year. One of the things that we were trying to be very sensitive to uh, were the mental health um, aspects of the uh, adaptable qualities necessary and of the just basic situations that families found themselves in. Um, there were some very stressful times. Um, you know, imagine you know, a family at home with several kids, parents trying to work um, and, you know, possibly, you know, one or two computers. Uh, we certainly gave, um, you know, we gave computers out to the kids so that we wouldn't have these sort of um, bottlenecks in their homes, but it was difficult. And, um, you know, children with their parents are different than with your teacher. You know, you tend to push back on your parents a little bit more. Um, so there were some very, um, I'd say stressful family situations that we tried to work with. Um, I'm in the school counseling department. And so we were, you know, all year long distributing resources and trying to help people through those uh, difficult moments. Um, some of which had to do with quarantines, people in the family getting sick. And of course we had a few people who lost uh, loved ones. And so uh, I would say that on the stress um, meter, this was definitely at a high. That's a really, it's really an interesting question to think about whether age groups or gender um, mattered. Uh, I'd say in terms of the age groups, um, you know, clearly younger, younger kids needed a lot more supervision and a lot more support. And I think that, um, you know, their understanding maybe under the age of seven of what was going on was obviously more limited and parents did a lot to protect them. So, you know, the, in that sense, um, in that sense, the age, uh, you know, maybe made a difference. I have a little girl of 10 and um, it was extremely difficult for her being separated from her friends. I'm sure that was across the board. Um, she was also, um, you know, I would say she understood the issues that we were all dealing with and the masking and so on. But from an existential standpoint, um, it really depended on the degree to which the parents were able to provide support. I mean, we did in my house what others did, everything we could to um, kind of reduce the level and keep the news off um, at times to limit her, her 
her knowledge. Um, the older kids, however, you know, middle school through high school understood exactly what was going on. And they're very smart and they're very informed. And the um, level of um, the level of respect and kindness and generosity that came from these kids was astonishing. Um, they were very respectful to us and to all the adults. Um, they, they got it and they wanted to participate in the solution and in helping. And I think that's um, a birthright that they have to look to the future with hope, but also to really want to make a difference now. And this actually gave a lot of kids an opportunity to pitch in. And I felt that that was, a, you know, one of the positives, even though it was hard. Due to its unexpected arrival, the virus and its consequences caught many people off guard. For the parents, it was a race to figure out how to navigate a hazardous environment to keep themselves and their families safe, healthy, and afloat. In other words, they had to literally learn as they went along as events unfolded. This proved to be a constant source of uncertainty and new challenges. At the same time, they had to juggle many responsibilities at once. Despite the difficulties, stress, and sorrow, they stated that they did the best they could. So, what would they do differently if they had to go through the pandemic all over again? I mean, I feel like we, we kind of just did the best we could. Like I said, we have a, a complex situation, you know, being a single parent. I mean, I have a great relationship with her dad and his family. Um, so, I mean, you know, driving back and forth between houses and, you know, I'm in Westchester, my family's still in the Bronx. So, I mean, if I could do anything differently and like had magical powers, like I would make us all have been closer in proximity um, just so it was a little easier to see each other. Um, you know, and a lot of times seeing each other was just driving to the house and parking outside and like standing far away and, and you know, yelling <laughs> at each other just to say hi. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know too much that I would do differently. I feel like we did the best with, with what we had. Um, and like I said, luckily most, most of my family is, is okay. And, and really that's the most important thing. So, you know, everybody stayed healthy. So I would say if I had to do it again, I would keep it that way. I think my family and I would have rented an RV and we would have gone across the nation exploring. We could have done school and work virtually and just explore. It's probably the only time that we would ever be able to do that during pandemic. And I think that we didn't take advantage of that. And we think about it all the time. And we always say to ourselves, if we were to do it all over again, we would rent an RV and explore our country while we're still taking care of business by Zoom meetings and virtual school. But yes, that's a good, uh, good question there. Renting an RV would have been amazing. The key words that all of our guests continually referred to was resiliency and adaptability. They spoke about how they and their children were able to deal with the fear and frustration of quarantining, social distancing, mask mandates, and remote work and education. 
They also talked about how they were able to draw upon their own strengths and resources while going about in their lives. We went through the scary moments of, you know, at the beginning of pandemic, they thought if you touch something and then you touched your face that you can get it, right? That's what we were living through at first. And I live in a building. It's a multifamily home. And there was constantly people coming in, going out. Things were getting delivered. UPS, the mailman, and we would actually have to put gloves on our hands to open the door, disinfect, wash. I think that was pretty difficult for us to deal with and just not being able to be comfortable, just be not just going outside and not having those little things to worry about. Another situation that was pretty tough for us was during a break, my children and I went out for a walk and we had our mask on and there was a, a father and two, two daughters on their bike and they were pretty close in proximity to us. And we were just walking and he said, oh, look at these fools with their masks on. And he coughed in our direction. That was pretty scary, I have to say. I think I didn't sleep for the next two weeks just thinking, do we have it? Like, did I get it? Does he have it? So that, there's a lot, many more examples, but I think those were the top ones for my family. Well, we adapted pretty quickly and we were wearing it at all times. And we were very um, distanced from everyone. What our family would do is that my husband and I would actually look to see what areas there was a high concentration of um, COVID. And we would actually drive, even if it was an hour and a half, we would drive away to those highly concentrated areas so that we can go on hikes or even to go to a grocery store, because even that was difficult. Getting deliveries was difficult. So we just would look at the map, try to figure out where we were going to go, drive, and then be able to enjoy the outdoors, just feeling a little bit um, better knowing that the numbers in that particular area were lower than where we were here in Mamaroneck. Um, but we adopted, adapted pretty well. I think that now it's one of my kids is actually having a harder time taking it off. So that's one of the things that I think people don't realize is that, you know, it took us some time to get us to adapt to wearing the mask. And now I'm dealing with one of my children adapting getting out of the mask. Even when it's, even when we are in an outdoor setting, he doesn't feel as comfortable. So that's one of the challenges that we're currently um, dealing with when it comes to our children and the mask wearing.
So my family is pretty, we're pretty much an outdoorsy family for a lack of a better way to say it. But during pandemic, we actually focused on exploring nature and we dove right into that and appreciated when we were able to just take off our mask and be around no one and be able to breathe fresh air, be able to walk in the woods, being able to go to different rivers and just go swimming, rivers that we had never been to before. We actually did a lot of trips away from Westchester, in Westchester as well, but we did a did go out a lot. And we did things that we probably would not have done as much. So instead of flying out and going to Puerto Rico, we would plan out uh, hiking and camping in Cape Cod. So the vacations were different because we were just making sure that um, we were social distance from everybody, but still be able to enjoy time with our family and not work, not school. Yeah, the transition to wearing masks and social distancing. I mean, social distancing was hard from our family. We come from like a big, big Italian family where everybody sees each other all the time. That was really hard, especially from like her and her cousins um, that she was used to seeing all the time. You know, my parents are a little older. Um, her parents on her, her grandparents on her dad's side are, you know, a bit older also. So we were just obviously really concerned with keeping everybody, um, you know, healthy and safe. She had newborn siblings at her dad's house. That was also really scary, you know. So we wanted to social distance within reason, um, but at the same time, keep, keep everybody safe. Um, so that was really hard in terms of, of not seeing family. Mask wearing, I was so worried that she was going to hate it and freak out. And I feel like overall, the kids have handled it so much better than the adults. Um, even now, like where they don't need to wear them at school outside, she still instantly puts it on when she's getting out of the car. And I'm like, no, wait, you know, like enjoy the fresh air. As soon as you walk into the building, you know, make sure you put it on. So kids are so much easier. They're so much more adaptable than we are. And then we get that we give them credit for. So the mask wearing wasn't, wasn't too big of a deal, um, for her, for me, I, my anxiety, it just made me feel very claustrophobic. Even now I'm not, obviously, I mean, I don't think anybody's a fan. Obviously we do it to be safe. Um, but it is nice now to be outside and, and to be able to enjoy and breathe the fresh air, um, without it. And to be able to see our family again, obviously that's been a, a big turning point. Everybody's excited about that. Even though they were living through dangerous and devastating times, there were a number of positive outcomes that resulted from the quarantine. Since work and school had to be done remotely, much more time was allocated to home life and family dynamics. More time was dedicated to parents bonding with their children and teachers providing more educational support to their students who needed it. One of the most positive things for my children was that dad was working from home. And when dad stopped working, it was us time. 
It was more board games, picking up different hobbies, um, teaching ourselves how to play a guitar or the keyboard. Those things just have resonated with my children and they currently still enjoy it. And we'll always comment on the fact that during pandemic, this is what they picked up. This is what they taught themselves how to do. Uh, the fact that we were able to have dinner, all four of us, every day was amazing for them because dad, dad works in the city and it takes about an hour and a half to commute. So there were evenings when they were hungry before dad got home. And this is, I'm referring to before pandemic. So dad wasn't able to be here all the time to have dinner with us, but during pandemic, dad was here. And we were able to have all those family times because there was no commuting time. So I think um, my children really loved and enjoyed that that aspect of it more than anything. My children um, loved, they actually love being in nature. They're very the outdoor sort of kids. And I really feel that one of the things that it did was to make them think about other outdoor activities that they've never thought about before. For example, rock climbing. We actually saw a lot of um, people rock climbing during our hikes and they had never seen that to the point that, who knows, maybe they might pick up rock climbing in, in the future. So they were exposed to a lot during our walks and being in nature and knowing that we didn't have to go to a beach in order to enjoy the water. No, we were just diving into the river, places that people normally don't even know about. We were just going in it and just going for swims. So I, I think it just exposed them to different ways of enjoying the outdoors during this time. One of them actually improved dramatically with their reading skills. The fact that she was home and being able to have that one-on-one -on -one with a teacher on Zoom or with actually a there were times when it was a small group and it was no more than four kids. And there were other times where it was one-on-one -on -one reading with a teacher who specializes in helping kids who were struggling. Um, that actually, instead of regressing, it made her progress. And she was able to build on build her reading skills. And she is currently right where she should be. And I really do think it's because of that time that she had one-on-one -on -one and in a very, very small group setting. And then we would also help her out since we were hearing what she was struggling with. I would take notes and then later on in the evening, I would help her with what she struggled with during the day. So it gave me the opportunity to actually see what I normally can't see. And it gave me the chance to actually go back and help her out with 
those things. So I think um, that actually helped her out a lot. It really did. There were several words that came to mind um, this year for me um, that were the lessons learned. And one of them was perspective. And I think that one of the things that we all learned is that in order to survive a calamity and to deal with um, high levels of change, we all have to hold on to our perspective. And remember, uh, you know, that in the context of a whole school experience or a whole life, that this was uh, an unprecedented change for everyone and uh, the pandemic was not going to last. We had to remember that there was going to be a future for everyone afterwards and that we would make it through. So there was perspective and there was adaptability, which is my second big word for the year, which um, I think is actually a positive. We're going to go into uh, the future, which is going to have many complex problems and the adaptability that kids learned um, is really something that they're going to use because nothing really is going to scare them now. They can they've learned to change quickly. They've learned to learn new software quickly. Um, they've learned to communicate differently. So I feel like from the kids standpoint, this actually, other than the illness and the disaster of it, the um, circumstance of having to move back and forth in and out of school and so on was actually a positive and I think will serve well. From the parent's standpoint, they might look at it a little differently because um, it's not easy to pivot when you're trying to manage an, you know, a family and a child's schooling and so on. So the parents um, needed to be reminded about perspective and adaptability more than the kids. The kids were by and large doing fine. The pandemic might have changed the way we work and how we learn once things go back to normal. All of the guests were asked their opinions on modern education and if they foresee this becoming the future. A lot of my remote students might have missed out on important parts of instruction and to no fault of their own, whether it just be because of their home situation or because they have, you know, full-time working parents or parents who work at night. Um, I just feel like they didn't have that support that I was fortunate enough to be able to give to my child. And I'm sure most of the people in this district are able to give to their child. So I certainly hope that remote learning is not the wave of the future, because I feel like to people who live in, you know, quote unquote, better school districts um, and have maybe more secure home lives, then sure it could work. But for people in not so affluent neighborhoods and just different areas and who have different home lives, it's not conducive to strong learning. They need human interaction, not just with kids. They need human interaction with adults. And so many times as a teacher, it was so frustrating talking to my kids over the computer and I was trying to talk them through a mistake. And if I had just been able to walk over to them and point to something on a piece of paper or show them quickly next to what they were doing, it would have made all the difference. But people don't realize how important it is for a teacher to physically stand next to a child and show them something or even to like touch them on the shoulder when they've done something right or when they're doing something wrong to just give them that like physical cue. Um, it's so important. And the school that I work at, they have so many resources. We had so many amazing online platforms that we were able to use with our kids, but nothing can replace having your child be in a classroom with a physical teacher, nothing. And 
no one will ever convince me otherwise, especially after this year. Do I think it's the future? I think technology will definitely be implemented more in the classroom, which is fine. Um, you know, I have no problem being in the classroom with my kids doing some sort of online technology activity with them, but I want to be there with them. I want them to look into my eyes when I'm talking. I want them to see my facial expressions, um, you know, and I want them to hear my voice without it glitching. You know, I just, it, it's just, it's so important. So nothing will ever replace school buildings, I hope. And Rhinex School District did an amazing job by providing clear communication to the parents and the kids. Going through this um, also let us, my husband and I see um, noticed that in time of crisis, the school was able to just sit down and come forward with all these different ways of teaching our children, making sure that they were okay, making sure that the parents were okay. They really stepped up to the plate while with these overwhelming challenges and they did it so diligently. I truly applaud them. And it makes me very happy just to know that in a time of crisis like that, they were able to make things happen. You know, I hear a lot of stories and we're actually very fortunate that we live here in Mamaroneck and that our school systems actually rose to meet those challenges. We're very, very lucky. Every child in the school district had a laptop to work from. Every child had was able to actually join in a meeting via Zoom. And I don't think that, I don't think I would be able to say that for other communities. So we are very, very, um, lucky very lucky do you see this becoming the future hmm. uh, i don't think so in terms of it working out totally i can see that we can actually make it happen the school was able to do it but what's what was missing was that social interaction which is key you know the being able to see the for being the, for the children to be able to see their teacher's reaction, their smile is key to a child's development. Being able to high five your friend when you answer a question right, being able to just be there and just hear each other's support, have to hear the kids support one another, I think is key. So can we do it? Yes. Would I be in favor in favor of that? No, I think our kids do need that social interaction. Uh, what I think is really interesting, though, is that as a result of the year, many many um, options for uh, enrichment and different kinds of learning experiences online have um, surfaced. There always were uh, schools like Khan Academy and other online learning. Um, platforms, but they're proliferating now. And there's some very high quality um, options. So I think that the idea that uh, school can extend beyond the school day or in the summer and with uh, high quality experiences online is definitely here to stay. Well, the, you know, whether this benefits students, I would have to again say yes. Um, 
the there's always going to be a combination. The world has shifted. And I think from here on out, we're going to be in a different um, world of, of hybrid learning, which would include online and uh, self-directed learning very much based on interests. And yeah, this is, this is a, big, a big change. I think we saw a social revolution happen and children are going to be entering a world of work where expertise is probably going to be more important than a degree that is just a credential. So this idea that you can explore uh, on your own is really taken off in an exciting way. Um, before this, kids were learning on YouTube all the time. So from the student's standpoint, it's probably not that big of a switch because they were doing these kinds of things anyway. Um, it's hard to find a kid who hasn't taught themselves a skill on YouTube. Um, but, you know, from our standpoint, coming from, uh, you know, more traditional world in the past to looking at what's happening now, I think there's a big switch. And uh, that's something that is a part of the evolution of our society and technology. And so that's just, I see it as a natural um, occurrence and an exciting one. There's nothing that's ever going to replace human to human contact. Um, there's something about, you know, same in theater or dance, that live presence of a moment in time that you share with someone where there's a spark and you can read the body language and you can really uh, be present with the energy of another person and in a classroom that's gold. Um, so I don't feel that they're commensurate. Um, learning online is not the same as learning in a classroom, but it's uh, not to say that uh, we have to place a value judgment here. Um, I, I'm obviously, I'm a former dancer and I really believe in live uh, in-person contact. Um, but you know, the, the world is very large and there's so much you can access beyond your own community if you're willing to reach out online. And when online learning like Zoom learning is done well, it can be, um, you know, a very um, close second to learning in a classroom. So I think there are pros and cons. I just hope kids won't get too screen oriented and they'll still enjoy being with other people. <laughs> You know, my thing is education. So I really believe that this was the starting of an entirely new era in education for the future. This, uh, this is a time when um, there's a little bit of disruption and that's a good time for change. Um, we are looking at a lot of um, growth in our programming as uh, I wouldn't say it's a result of COVID, but the the changes in education that we were anticipating, which would be to open it up, individualize more, give kids more opportunities for research um, and for other kinds of learning that might be suitable for that particular child's interests and future. All of those things were in the, in the works, but this has been an acceleration of enormous acceleration of creativity and openness. And so, you know, there are definitely, there was definitely a silver lining to this. And it was um, the realization that the future is now. We can't wait and we've got to give kids opportunities. Society's changing. And so it's pretty exciting on that level. The events that transpired in the year 2020 and onward were frightening, stressful, and unexpected for most people. 
Aside from the disease and its devastating consequences, most parents and school-aged children throughout these times proved to be surprisingly resilient and resourceful. They were able to adapt pretty well to the situation and think of creative ways of working and studying. We thank the parents and educators for sharing their stories. Until next time, from all of us at LMC Media, be well and thank you for listening.